Welcome to Export Air International, a podcast specifically focused on Slovak trade matters, featuring international experts, ambassadors, and industry leaders. Presented by Zolf Hype Khan. Welcome back to Export Air International, and today's episode sees a familiar face with His Excellency Roman Vasilenko, Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs to Kazakhstan, joining us. Of course, who was the former ambassador here in Slovakia until his recent move. Dear Roman, welcome back, our first repeat customer. <laughs> Thank you so much, uh, dear Zulf. Uh, it's a great honor to be here again with you. And, and it's lovely to have you back here. Well, first of all, congratulations are in order for your new position. And of course, congratulations are in order for a belated celebration of your 30th uh, anniversary of independence. Can you tell us in, briefly what precipitated the move? And how come you have shifted back home? Well, basically, I got a call from home and there was an offer I couldn't refuse because it came from the leadership of the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, the leadership wanted me back. Uh, it's a job I had before uh, coming to Slovakia two years ago. So I know uh, what's what's in it. It basically cover, it covers our relations with Europe and all the European structures, as well as uh, um, analytical work at the foreign ministry, as well as the uh, public diplomacy work. And you mentioned a little bit off air that it's a bit of is a bit of a struggle for your family to go back. They're very settled here in Slovakia, and uh, but they're looking forward to now. Yes, and uh, that's uh, an unfortunate uh, part of the life of the diplomat, uh, that the family yeah. also has to move with you, and uh, the kids uh, change schools frequently, etc., etc., but that's part of the job. So they they knew, especially my wife, basically she knew ahead of time what she was in for. And we talked previously on our, on our first uh, podcast about your time in London, Uh, now you've been ambassador here in Slovakia. Now you're the uh, deputy foreign minister back home, a, a role that you've already had. Mm-hmm. With a, a real focus on the EU, as you mentioned, because of your relationships and the fact that you've been around here, what really is the purview of your role? What What is the core of what you aim to achieve while you're there? Well, uh, our relations um, with the EU are part of the overall uh, concept of so-called multi-vector foreign policy of Kazakhstan, Mm -hmm. which means that we build equally strong, uh, mutually beneficial relations with uh, neighbors uh, near and far, primarily meaning with Russia and China, but also with the West. And uh, it happens so that... uh, Uh, the EU is our largest trading partner mm-hmm. and it is our largest investor. Okay. Uh, Kazakhstan has attracted uh, approximately $375 billion dollars in foreign direct investment since independence. And out of that, uh, $160 billion dollars came from the EU. It used to be a much bigger number when the uh, UK was part of the EU, of I'm course. Sure. But now we have to count without the EU, without the UK. Mm-hmm. So the goal is to uh, strengthen these ties, to maintain uh, the dynamics in uh, uh, trade and investment cooperation. Uh, We have uh, signed uh, with the EU and uh, we have achieved its entry into force of uh, an enhanced partnership and cooperation agreement. This is a wide-ranging document covering 300 pages, uh, to tell you frankly, and covering 29 areas of cooperation, primarily trade, but also uh, cooperation in areas such as public procurement, mm-hmm. space, uh, public order, etc., etc. So um, this is the we have the basically the roadmap. We mm-hmm. have the uh, the lay of the land is uh, is made out. We just need to 
to work on, on, on implementing those agreements that we had from before. Now, although uh, with the current uh, uh, tensions between the West and Russia mm-hmm. uh, and Kazakhstan being part of the Eurasian Economic Union along with Russia, there is an extra added challenge, of course, in uh, uh, maintain, in trying to maintain the dynamics of sure. these relations given the uh, rapid deterioration of relations between the EU and Russia and the levying of sanctions on Russia. Now there is a talk about the force package of reform of uh, uh, sanctions, sanctions on, on Russia. So we need to uh, find ways to maintain our cooperation. We had these uh, similar uh, difficulties in 2014, 2015, mm-hmm. when the whole standoff over Ukraine and uh, Crimea and uh, Donbass just began between the West and Russia. Now it's, of course, a different ball game altogether. It, the, the sanctions are much uh, wider, much deeper. They are unprecedented. They are having an impact on our economy. So we need to find ways to develop ties with with the with the West, even in these uh, trying uh, circumstances. Exactly. I mean, I was going to touch on this issue a little bit later, but you, seeing as you brought it up, uh, it's interesting. We hear this word unprecedented now almost every day. And, and as we mentioned previously on our on our in our previous discussion, that uh, Kazakhstan sits in this uh, enviable position between East and West, and it must be very difficult. So the balancing act, I guess, that you have to play both dip- diplomacy wise, diplomatically, and economically, must be extremely testing. How have you felt any of the wrath of those sanctions actually impact Kazakhstan on a day to day? Yes, um, uh, in fact, our currency lost um, 15% of its value in one week since the hostilities in Ukraine began. Um, And that comes on top of the hardships that our economy had to deal with over the past two years of the pandemic, just as the rest of the world Mm -hmm. also faced faced these uh, difficulties. So, um, but we see, as in uh, many crisis, uh, an opportunity. Mm-hmm. And an opportunity uh, that is seen comes in the shape of uh, European companies now willing to relocate production into Kazakhstan, not just from Russia, but uh, from Slovakia, because that will make it easier for them to continue to do um, projects, uh, not just in Kazakhstan, but uh, in the members of the Eurasian Economic Union. Is this forcing you to um, to look more for uh, to increase that FDI from Europe as well? Um, is it and is it an act that, that, that will that will happen organically? Happen organically. Both the FDI from Europe, but also uh, trade with Europe will, will grow because they will be delivering uh, goods and services to Kazakhstan, not to Russia in this case. Okay, so another more of a another one of these rather more complicated questions that we we can we can find a, a, an answer to. I think that we're both comfortable with, but there were some uh, unsavory events in January uh, this year in relation to sharp increases of liquefied gas prices, which caused some civil unrest. How are these fears and issues being addressed, and and how are they being put to bed? Yes. Well, uh, it was a very multi-layered set of uh, tragic events. And uh, unsavory uh, is a very diplomatic way of describing what happened. It was a tragedy, um, but um, uh, it all began with the peaceful protests. Mm-hmm. And uh, peaceful protests then spread to 11 out of uh, 17 regions in Kazakhstan. And uh, the government responded promptly, the president responded promptly by 
addressing the original uh, uh, reason for the protest, which was this uh, spike in uh, the doubling of the price for liquefied natural gas. However, even at this stage, it was too late because it was obvious that there were uh, very uh, bad people, shall we say openly, intent on, on using this situation to their benefit. And uh, e even though there is now uh, an investigation, and we expect the results of this investigation to be announced mid-March, which is to say in, in about a week or so. Okay. Um, it, there are indications uh, now that this was an attempted coup d'etat, mm -hmm. with the even with the use of foreign terrorist fighters wow. uh, who were trained and who fought in, uh, uh, as we say, hotspots in, in, in the Middle East. Okay. And... Um, this was quickly put down. Uh, we had to use force uh, as a state, but uh, I should tell you some, some figures to give you an idea of the magnitude of the tragedy and uh, of the magnitude of the protest originally. Mm -hmm. So 50,000 people participated in the protests, but then uh, several uh, thousand perhaps um, young men, mostly unemployed, mostly marginalized, were used as uh, basically cannon fodder by the by the plotters to attack uh, violently uh, state institutions, to steal weapons, to uh, set on fire public buildings, including the mayor's office in Almaty. Um, a total of um, 4,000 people were injured, including uh, about uh, 3,000 uh, law enforcement officers. As many as that. And yes, and 19 of of, of law enforcement officers died during the unrest. Overall, three, 238 people died. So it was a major, major... Um, tragedy. Violent, tragedy, violent unrest. But uh, now we are turning the page because the investigation is ongoing. Uh, there are currently about six, 750 people behind bars, against whom about 3,600 criminal cases are investigated, uh, including on terrorism charges, on uh, looting charges, on uh, marauding charges, on uh, theft, etc. But the majority, by the way, are on theft because uh, people were, were looting on the streets. Looting uh, um, uh, about... Uh, uh, 1,200 uh, businesses were looted in Almaty on, during those two it's days. Terrible. Now, of course, uh, the government is dealing with these con consequences and the response from the president has been to double down on reforms, uh, economic and political reforms, because um, there is a sense that uh, whoever was trying to organize this uh, coup d'etat was trying to reverse the... Uh, rather liberal reforms that President Tokayev was implementing. Right. Um, and the idea was to basically turn this around and say that, look, these liberal reforms are basically creating chaos. Uh, we need uh, a stronger hand. And, uh, and, uh, so you can't win either way, can you? So that <laughs> is why the, the president, again, next week, uh, is um, uh, due to uh, announce his State of the Nation address which he moved up by six months mm -hmm. from September to unveil a wide-ranging program of systemic reforms, uh, political reforms, which uh, will go very far, we hope. The entire nation is now uh, waiting, expecting uh, this uh, statement from the president. Any, any, and, any and, sneak preview of what might be said? Yes, uh, basically, uh, 
mm, only on uh, in terms of principles sure. that are being laid down uh, for these reforms. The idea is to build a new Kazakhstan, as uh, President Tokayev uh, uh, described that, a, a, a more competitive uh, politically and economically Kazakhstan, mm-hmm. meaning a Kazakhstan with a more competitive political system where opposition voices uh, can and will be heard and uh, acted upon more uh, actively, shall we say. And the similar principle is being laid down in the economic sense, where uh, we are seeking to uh, de-oligopolize the economy, if if there's such a word. Well, even if there isn't, I like it. De-oligopolization is is the word which is hard to pronounce, but the idea is to create a a more level playing field Mm -hmm. uh, in the economy with opportunities for private initiative for all, meaning that uh, there should be easier uh, conditions for people to get credit to uh, meaning that we need to cut red tape etc etc so bureaucracy will be liberal uh, will be put to bed um, interesting that honestly after two years of a pandemic and then going back in January you literally went out of the frying pan and straight into the fire as we say um, but obviously these uh, I want to stay on the idea of economic reforms and mm-hmm. I noticed uh, that uh, you hired a British strategist uh, who's meant to be advising the uh, the president on this economic de- development and effective governance, which I think you alluded to here, mm-hmm. and has laid out suggestions on those economic reforms. Other than the, um, the liberalizing of red tape and, and putting pay to bureaucracy, which has, has often been a handcuff for Kazakhstan in terms of the global onset, or onlook rather, mm-hmm. what other things can we expect from economic reforms in that regard? Yes, I should say a few words about Sir Suman Chakrabarti that you referred to. He is been uh, he has been, uh, of course, for eight years president of the European Bank for Reconstruction and Development, but uh, for almost two years now he's been advisor to President Tokayev and uh, deputy chairman of the Supreme Council of Reforms that that President Tokayev specifically established two years ago to dis- to define economic, social, and political reforms. So, um, in terms of the specifics of the economic reforms, I guess you will see more uh, um, openness for small and medium-sized businesses. You will see a, a more equal access, again, to credit. Mm-hmm. Um, you will see uh, an opportunities for regional development. Kazakhstan is a huge country. It's a... Uh, uh, ninth largest country in the world uh, with only 19 million people. So regional development is a critical is, a, is critical for us. So, uh, but that uh, creates very uh, big opportunities for, for foreign companies that uh, want to come to Kazakhstan now. There is this sense that uh, now is the time to, to really uh, engage with Kazakhstan, despite the strong headwinds of the sanctions on Russia, but Kazakhstan, a neighbor of Russia, but it's a, a different country and it's uh, it's offering a very, uh, already a good uh, set of uh, uh, values, principles. Values, principles and business uh, climate, because when it was still relevant, we were on the 25th uh, position in the World Bank's doing business uh, report. That being so, after the fact that uh, six or seven years ago we were in the, on the 70th position, so 
there is a concerted effort, there was and there will, it will continue to uh, streamline uh, business uh, processes, to cut red tape again, to uh, improve good governance. I would add that, for example, a few days ago, Standard & Poor's um, mm -hmm. maintained Kazakhstan's uh, um, rating. rating and outlook as stable. But uh, as uh, if it's a 17-page report, and if you look and read it thoroughly, you will see that they talk a, a lot about the um, institutional strengths, uh, which needs to be strengthened further, mm -hmm. meaning good governance, uh, uh, more responsive government, uh, more accessible government. This is what President Tokayev has been trying to do um, uh, for the past three years uh, with his concept of a listening state, meaning a state that listens to the concerns of the people mm -hmm. and reacts upon them. I guess we need to react even more resolutely now that uh, we've seen such a, such a, such an upheaval in January. Oh, and it's and it's great that you mentioned that. In fact, that was one of the things I was going to say. Uh, the motto of the Kazakh foreign policy is peace at home, peace in our region, and peace at world. So it's definitely a country that has peace at the at the very focus of its uh, foreign uh, foreign policy. Um, a rallying cry from the West for some time has rightly so has been to diversify from over reliance on the energy sector and to develop sustainable options. I'm aware that you have ambitions for 2050, but given the situation that we're seeing now, is will there be opportunities to accelerate this program? Oh, there is no other way but to accelerate that, to attract uh, business, uh, to attract uh, investments into areas other than oil and gas, because we've, of course, been following the developments in the European Union with the development of the Fit for 55 uh, uh, project, um, concept. Uh, we, of course, are aware that there is this carbon tax that is to be introduced as of 2023. Uh, and generally, we know very well that we're still, despite many, many years of efforts, we're still reliant on um, uh, commodities exports uh, as the source of revenue, the primary source of revenue. And One of the largest exporters of uranium. Yes, uh, no, the largest. The largest. The largest exporter of uranium. One of uh, one of the key exporters of oil and gas, uh, and metals. But uh, these are, as we all know, are uh, products with very low added value. Mm -hmm. And we want to to move move up the ladder of the of the production uh, chain. So now now we've uh, we've touched all the the major points that I'd wanted to address today and. And the hard work is done, uh, Roman. So I, I'll, I'll leave you with uh, the last question is, you're here in Slovakia. What's happening in Slovakia? Anything interesting happening while you're here? What's the purpose of your mission? Are you here to... Well, I'm, I'm here to... Uh, it's a maybe double-sided or maybe three-sided mission. One is to uh, say proper goodbye to the many friends I've made over the past two years because I haven't had a chance. I had COVID just before leaving. Uh, but you look good now, you're healthy. Yes, thank you very much. But I was positive, so I was only making uh, video calls to people and couldn't even see them until the very last moment that I got on the plane, got finally a negative test, PCR test result and left. So uh, that's that's one thing. The second thing is uh, to, uh, to develop uh, ties looking forward because I... I I, I see, along with my other colleagues, that we have great potential for developing cooperation with Slovakia. It's a dynamic country. It's a country with a lot of uh, innovative technologies, which we 
uh, seek, we, we value. So there is a, a great opportunity in, in all these areas. And uh, um, that is why I am here also as part of the uh, delegation uh, from Kazakhstan to attend the Intergovernmental Commission mm -hmm. uh, on the 10th and the 11th of March. We're so happy it is taking place uh, given the circumstances. Sure. But we're also even happier that uh, it is uh, to be accompanied by a business forum. There used to be business forums uh, when uh, Slovak uh, uh, delegations came to Kazakhstan, several of them, but this is one of the first things we are doing in Slovakia. Not maybe a huge delegation, but still they are very active and committed uh, uh, in uh, um, working in areas such as uh, uh, air navigation or mm -hmm. agriculture or in uh, defense okay. industry. Sure. And I guess uh, we at the Council of Exporters are, are, are well aware of the opportunities that Kazakhstan present. We already have a, an ongoing relationship with Kaztrade and we have members who are setting up businesses and, and footprints in Kazakhstan. And we hope very much that this relationship is one that we can carry on into the future. Uh, and unless there's anything else you'd like to add, uh, I, I think that pretty much covers everything I wanted to say. And once again, it's always a pleasure to speaking to our good friend, I think we can say, here at the Council of Slovak Exporters, Deputy Foreign Minister of Kazakhstan uh, for Foreign Affairs on Export Air International, Roman Vasilenko. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you so much, Dulf, and thank you so much for the interest in Kazakhstan. And, well, I would like to wish success and uh, further achievements to the to Rada Slovenskih Exporterov. You, you've done an amazing job in uh, slightly more than a year since the establishment, I guess, of this organization. Yeah. And uh, I think you have a lot of good things going for, uh, for the council. And uh, I can only wish you good luck and success and promise and pledge my support and our support in Kazakhstan. Well, that means a, a lot to us and to Lucas and to everybody here. Uh, it's important that we forge strong relationships all around the world and Kazakhstan will be a friend going forward. Thank you very much again, Roman. Thank you. Export Air International is brought to you exclusively by the Council of Slovak Exporters.